in everything we give you thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In everything I give you thanks. In everything I give you thanks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, because you're worthy. You are worthy of all glory, honor, and praise, God. We honor you and we bless you. Thank you for your presence today. Thank you. Thank you for your presence in this moment and in this hour. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your presence with where we are in this in time, God. Thank you, Lord, that you live outside of it so that you can have your way inside of it, God, because you created it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for the space that you have created for us to dwell in you. Thank you, Father, for the void, God, God in, in our hearts that only you can fill. Thank you, Lord, for the space in your heart and in the palm of your hand that only each and every one of us can fill, God. Thank you that each of us have a special place in your heart, Lord, in your hand and in your mind, God. Lord, we are in your thoughts. You constantly consider us, Lord, and we are grateful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you are a deliverer. Thank you, Father, that you save and you continue to show up and save. You continue to show up and deliver. You continue to show up and heal and fix. Father, thank you and supply. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for fixing everything like it ought to be, God. Thank you, Lord. There's nothing that you cannot do. You do all things well. And we bless your name. We bless your name, Father, because you are worthy. We bless you because you are the only one true God. We bless you, Father, for how big you are and how wide you are and how deep you are, Father. We thank you for how you pay attention to the details of our lives, God. We thank you, Lord, that you created each and every one of those things. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for all your capabilities, Father. Thank you for the things that you can do. Lord, you continue to amaze us with what you are able to do. We hear all the time that you can do anything, but it's not until sometimes we see you do what is impossible in our lives, God, that we can be a witness to the fact that you really can do any and everything, God. No matter how things of this world try to defy you, Father, you always remain victorious. There's nothing that can stand against you, Father, truthfully, without being defeated, Lord. Thank you, 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 Lord. We can't thank you enough. We can't thank you enough, but we'll try. We can't thank you enough, but we will offer you what we have, God. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, when we don't know what else to say, we thank you, God. When we don't feel as though we have anything else to say, we thank you. When we don't know the questions to ask, we thank you. We thank you. When we don't know the right way to respond, God, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for how your spirit will come in and take over what we're feeling, Father God. Thank you that you understand, God, our moans and our groans and our tears, Lord. When we don't have the words, God, you understand our hearts and we honor you for that, Lord. Thank you that you understand us, Lord. You understand everything about us, God. We bless your name. We honor you in this place. We thank you, Lord. We make your name great. We magnify you. We lift your name high, God. We make your name greater and greater and greater and greater because great and mighty are you already. You're great and you are mighty. We just agree 
We just agree with what already is the truth, God. We echo the angels in heaven. Lord, we echo the atmosphere of heaven. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Lord, you're worthy to be praised. We cast down everything at the foot of your throne, Father. Everything, everything. And we lift up your name. We give you honor and glory and praise. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. When we are confused, thank you, Lord. When we are bewildered, thank you, Lord. When we are downtrodden, thank you, Lord. When we are tired, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When we don't know how the way is going to be made, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When things don't turn out the way we expect, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we surrender even our expectation to you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bless your name, God. Thank you that you are the lifter of our heads and of our hearts, Lord God. We honor you and we bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name, God. You are great and you are awesome and you are mighty. Hallelujah. You are to be revered and respected, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. We bless you. We honor you for allowing us to come together again, for keeping us, Lord, until we could get together again. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing us to gather together in your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everybody that is here. Lord, for everybody that is watching online. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to gather together again in your name. We bless you and we honor you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the breeze. Thank you for the song of the birds, Lord. Thank you for traveling mercies. Father, thank you for clothes to wear. Thank you for shelter. Thank you for the activity of our limbs, God. Thank you. Thank you for the breath in our lungs and the blood running warm in our veins, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for choices and options. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for a house to worship in, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for leaders who go after your voice and after your heart, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you for leaders that continue to show up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Even when they are tried, Father, they show up. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for our pastors, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for their testimonies. Thank you, Lord, for their dedication to this house. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, that they don't just feed us any old thing, Father. Thank you, Lord, they don't just feed us opinion, Father. Thank you, they feed us off of your word, Lord. Thank you, continue to refill them, renew them, restore them, refresh them, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, touch their bodies, God, touch their minds, touch their hearts, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over our pastors here. Our pastors here, our pastors, Lord, they were people before they were pastors, God. And we pray for them. We've we got to lift up our, our pastors. We have to lift up our leaders. They're tired sometimes. They're weary sometimes. They don't know what to do sometimes. But they need our prayers. They need our encouragement. They need the covering of the blood. They need the refilling of the Holy Spirit. So, God, we thank you. We thank you. We honor them for being your shepherds. We honor them, Father, for shepherding us. We honor them, Lord God, for being your willing vessels. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Bless them, God. 
let their dreams manifest father god let their expectation be exceeded by your word and your will and your way in jesus name thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you lord lift us lift us lift us this morning lift us lift us lord lift us lift our hearts lift our minds god hallelujah over to lord we give you permission we move out of the way overtake our thoughts overtake our emotions this morning overtake my thoughts overtake my emotions and my feelings and my circumstances this morning god have your way have your way have your way in jesus name thank you lord thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you for your joy 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 Thank you that we can have joy in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of circumstances that are not favorable. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. We honor you and we bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Thank you. That joy comes in the morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That joy comes in the morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that for somebody, it's already morning. But for the rest of us that are waiting, we rejoice with them that do rejoice, Father. But we rejoice. We thank you for those whose morning has come. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless your name, God. We honor you. We bless you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You notice how the Bible doesn't really talk about happiness? Because happiness is natural. You can make yourself happy. There's nothing special about that, right? But how easy is it when something has happened to discourage you or bring you down? How happy? How easy is it to make yourself happy? It's hard, right? Because you don't even want to hear anything that even remotely sounds like sunshine, right? Because happiness is fleeting. Happiness is natural. I said earlier this morning, I can make myself happy with a Krispy Kreme donut. Amen. But when the donut is gone, I'm a little, I'm not as happy, right? And if I want to get happy like that again, I probably got to eat another one. But the, and another. <laughs> but the wonderful thing about joy, joy is supernatural. And this morning, Pastor John was telling us how you have to you kind of have to engage it, right? Because you don't wake up. I, I don't wake up joyful like that. Maybe you do. Good on you. Ain't that what you say? Good on you if you wake up joyful. I don't always wake up like that. And so that means that I have to, I have to, we have to invite it because it's waiting to be engaged. It's waiting to be engaged. And so this morning, if you are not feeling joyful, it's okay. You're not going to get put out and we're not going to condemn you. We're going to invite and invoke and 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 pull on our joy this morning because that's what it's there for. Are we ready for that? Can we can we can we engage in the joy that the Lord makes available? We want we want joy. We do you want joy? I need joy. Does anybody want joy? Does anybody need it? I need some joy. I need it. I need it. I need it to overtake how I'm feeling sometimes. I need it. I need it, but I know I can't make it myself. I can't create it. I can't create it, but I can engage it. I can engage it, so just just go with me, okay? Just, can you do this? Can you do this with me? Can you just roll your shoulder a little bit? Can you just, doesn't that feel good to be able to do it? Doesn't that feel good? 
because we're going to invite and invoke and engage in joy right when something that that you like or you love or that is good for you or, or makes you happy is coming your way don't you kind of want it to come faster and you be like come 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 on right so this morning we're going to wave the joy in we're going to wave it in we're going to wave it in are y'all ready okay this this is all you have to do you can stand up or you can sit down it doesn't matter we'll say joy is coming 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 in the morning can you do that joy is coming 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 in the morning and then you just open your hand all praise to King Jesus that's it so when you hear those words joy is coming 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 wave it in I'm right here me here here right here right here cuz I don't want it to miss me I don't want it to miss me it's coming it's coming it's coming in the morning y'all ready okay I want to see joy because I got a little bit for me, but I don't know how much I got to share, so we need to go bring it all in. You ready? Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Trust in the Lord with our hearts and in your joy we will dwell forever. Your part is coming. Though the night may seem weary. Ready? Joy is coming, coming, coming in the morning. All praise to King Jesus. I know joy is coming. Yes, joy is coming. Come on, come on. Come on. Shaken. We will not be moved. For the Lord is beside us. With Him we cannot lose. For the shadow surrounds us. We will fear no evil. Trust in the Lord with our hearts, singing your joy, we will dwell forever. Hallelujah. Though the night may seem weary, Hallelujah. joy is coming, coming, coming in the morning. All praise to King Jesus, I know joy is coming. Though the night may seem weary, Joy is coming, coming, coming in the morning. All praise to King Jesus. I know joy is coming. Yes, joy is coming. Oh, celebrate this morning. Celebrate the joy. Is it coming? Is it coming? Yes, come on. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We welcome the joy of the Lord. We welcome it. We welcome it. Hallelujah. Everybody clap. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Your light can drown our darkness and bring our joy to light. We won't submit to sorrow. Our joy is coming in the morning. In the morning. Your light can drown our darkness and bring our joy to light. We won't submit to sorrow. Our joy is coming in the morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the joy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for the joy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We receive it in Jesus' name. We receive the joy. We receive your joy. We receive your joy. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Glory to God. 
glory to your name thank you thank you thank you thank you hallelujah 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 it's a little easier to get excited over something when you believe it belongs to you hallelujah hallelujah so y'all don't pay me no mind because i'm taking this thing personally hallelujah hallelujah Thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We believe you. We believe you when you say that your joy is our strength. We believe you. We believe you. We believe you. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your name. We believe you for it. We believe for it. We believe for it. We believe for it. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Yeah. 
Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
we believe it that settles it now we give up to your will we give in to your timing we rest upon your sovereign grace Holy Spirit come and do what only you can do in this place break bondages deliver from sickness bring joy in the morning shatter depression eradicate anxiety stress worry today we proclaim that you are the Almighty God there's not one thing not one weapon formed against us not one scheme not one lie of the enemy that has a right in our lives so Jesus come and have your way in this place I thank you that on that cross you said it is finished the work has been done let your kingdom come let your will be done this morning come on we open up our lives to you let your kingdom come let your will be done we surrender our souls to you today let your kingdom come let your will be done all that we are all that we're not we surrender to you today in Jesus name you know church we're just gonna just stay in worship for a few more moments is there something beautiful about having the opportunity to take communion together in the midst of an atmosphere of corporate praise because we have a lot to be thankful for I, I, I know that there's a, a thousand things on our list of what we could complain about but uh, there's one thing for certain that we can praise for I believe it because he did it and at the end of it he said it is done and that's what communion helps us to do this morning and if you if you came in this morning and didn't get a communion cup can you just give Pastor Dia wave right over there she's gonna grab one for you Pastor Rick's over here he'll get one to you they're just these little beautiful communion cups that we have you know I was thinking about communion yesterday because it's one of my favorite things that we get to do together and last night I made my family uh, a, a special dessert it was just something that I had uh, been thinking about and I made it for him last night and and it was one of the most amazing things when I gave it to Pastor D last night and she bit into it she immediately got emotional and I said what's going on and she said this is taking me back to a memory of us in Disney World walking around together she said there's just something in it that's taking me back there there's I can't even tell you what it is there's just something in it that's bringing me back to that place when we were together and I thought man isn't that what communion has the power to do because communion doesn't cleanse us we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus the blood of the lamb it's a done deal communion doesn't save us the act of Jesus on the cross saves us but when he was together with the 12 he told them when you take this remember 
come back to where we were together. May it bring you back to that spot where we're standing at the foot of the cross, where we're not just remembering what he did. We're standing there. In it, we taste it. We taste the forgiveness. We see the pain. We witness the brokenness. It brings us right back to the foot of the cross where we were the very first time that we tasted of his goodness and we saw the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and his grace fell upon us. I pray that that's what this communion could do for you today. This is not a religious exercise. It's not a way to get you to heaven, but it is a way for you to go back and be here. Taste and see, remember how good the Lord is. How much he took away, the price he paid so that you and I could be set free. I'm gonna encourage you just to kind of open that top layer of our communion cup together. Bible says on that night that he was going to be betrayed before he was taken to the cross the next morning he gathered his friends together just like this they were sitting around the table just like we are sitting around they could see each other they could see him and he took bread that was there and he broke it and he said this is my body broken for you and when you take it and eat it remember let it take you back let it bring you back to where my perfect body was broken so that your imperfect body could be made whole again I've got a lot of missing parts in my body I've got missing cartilage and missing ligaments and bones, spurs, all that stuff. But I know this. My imperfect body is going to be made perfect one day when I see him face to face. So this momentary affliction that I go through is nothing compared to the surpassing glory of knowing Jesus. His body was broken so that you could be made whole. So when you take this and eat it, you proclaim it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, because I got a bunch of brokenness that you took from me. Father, thank you, Jesus, that you're the bread of life. Thank you that you're the bread of life, broken so that we could be set free. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. We come right back to this place and we see our brokenness all over you as your body was shattered so that we could be made whole. Thank you. Seems like such small words compared to your love but all I got is a thank you so I'm going to thank you with my life In Jesus name take and eat the bread of life and know that you have been made whole again because of what he's done thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you thank you Jesus thank you The Bible says after supper he took a cup of the new uh, a cup of wine and he said this is the cup of the new covenant of my blood again when you drink it let it bring you back 
Here's the key. The enemy loves to bring us back to our faults, our failures, our sins, and our corruptions to remind us of what we're not. Somebody say amen. Anybody ever be like, oh man, I am just, I'm so, I can't believe I did, and I'm so, and guilt and shame rises up. Uh Uh-huh. Jesus knew the answer. He picked up a cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant of my blood. It is for the forgiveness of your sins. When you drink it, let it bring you back to this. Enemy's going to say, I'll bring you back. You're no good. You're broken. You're a sinner. Jesus is going to bring you back and say, yup, you were a sinner. Yup, you were broken. Yup, you did mess up. But I took it all. And by my stripes, you are healed. Shame's got no place in our life. Guilt has no place in our life. Not because we are holy enough and we've got it figured out. Shame and guilt have no place because of the cross of Jesus Christ. The blood is more powerful than anything. I grew up singing, there's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood. Thank you, Chris. Oh, the lamb, he even matched my key, and that's really hard. There's power. Come on, somebody. Let it bring you back. Let the taste of this this morning bring you back. Yep. Yep. I'm a sinner and I'm no good and I should be ashamed of everything I did, but his blood set me free from my shame. This is the cup of the new covenant, a new day. Jesus, thank you for your cup. Thank you for your blood. Thank you that by your stripes we are forgiven and healed in the name of Jesus Christ. We will let not we will, will not we, we we reject shame, we reject guilt. We thank you that on that cross you took it all. Not to overlook what we've done, but to pay the price for what our sin did, which was cause death and separation from God. Thank you. We come back and we proclaim that we are clean and we are whole and we are forgiven now and forevermore because of Jesus. Drink now of the cup of Jesus Christ and know that you are forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you. Because we remember. This table reminds us not just what you have done, but this table reminds us of what you're going to do one day. When my king stands back up off of his throne, puts his feet back out on those clouds and he comes to take his children home where there will be no pain and no death and no dying and no crying there won't be joy in the morning there will be joy every morning because we will be with the lion and the lamb we will be with the king of of kings and lord of lords the majesty of all glory and we will be made like you transformed by your goodness and grace come Lord Jesus come may we not only remember what you did but may we remember the words that you said I am coming back quickly we love you and we praise you come Lord Jesus come in Jesus name and together we say amen 
and amen and amen. Come on, can you just give Jesus a praise for a moment? Thank you for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for grace, for love and mercy beyond measure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, church, it's so good to see you this morning. Good morning. How are you? You doing all right today? Thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part of what God's doing this morning. Thank you for getting up. Thank you for coming in during the dog days of summer. And it's like July. It feels like we're walking on the surface of the sun. It's crazy. Thank you for being here. Look, if this is, if this is your first or second time, or maybe you haven't been here for a while, thank you for coming today. Thank you for being our guest. Thank you for, for coming on out and being here with us today. We want to help you get to know a little bit more about us, and we'd love to get to know a little bit more about you up on the screen in just a moment. There's going to be a QR code, and you can take your camera and flip on that, or there's those codes all over the place. You can find them even if it's not right now. But we'd really love to know a little bit more about you. We'd love to hear your story, because your story matters. Your life matters. Your attendance in church is not what matters to us. Your life matters to us. What else matters to us is generations. And we love our kiddos. And so kiddos, can you follow Pastor Kevin and Pastor Lisa and the sign on out? Church, can you give them a hand as they're going? We love our young generation. They're awesome. Hey, as you're being seated, turn to someone, give them a high five. Tell them it's good to see them this morning. Tell them they're looking good today. It's always good starting out sweaty. Like I figure if you're going to preach, you might as well start out sweaty. Truly, thank you for coming today. Really mean it. Uh, we, look, we know uh, the, the um, what I, by the way, what I love, by the way, is um, we don't plan our worship sets to go with our sermons. But if you've been around for a while, you, you will notice a common thread most mornings where God is moving. Today's going to be one of those. And we allow our worship uh, leaders to pick the sets for the morning. And why we love to do that is because they can hear from the Holy Spirit just the way that I can hear from the Holy Spirit. And what it does on mornings like this and mornings so often is that it should encourage you because God is moving in community. That it's not just a strategic planning that makes church great. Strategic planning can make a church service run smoothly. It is the Holy Spirit that makes the church run great. And so uh, this morning's one of those, because uh, Shayla started off this morning with talking about weariness and, and how it can cause us to want to quit. I want to talk about anybody, anybody like, I have a garden right now, and it's the middle of summer, and I could care less that I have a garden. Like, God, you're going to have to water these things or they're going to die. I'm tired of watering it. I'm just weary. Like, if you have a garden, you get it. I know some people are, yeah, uh -huh, I got you. I got your back. I understand. So if you brought your Bible, since you brought your Bible, why don't you open with me to Genesis chapter 29. Genesis is the first book of the Bible. It's right there in the beginning. You can't miss it. It's written by Moses. It's actually God's uh, introduction of himself to his people. It, it's actually an invitation to those to humanity to get to know God. 
And what we end up seeing is the rest of the whole Bible is about God's message to fix what we broke in that invitation so that we could still live out that invitation. Like, if someone doesn't show up at your party because they blew it off, you don't really go out of the way to invite them back to the next party. But God not only goes out of the way, God sends his son to fix everything that was broken that we broke. Amazing. If you need a title for today's message, it's Processing the Process. Processing the Process, right? Now, now we're going to talk just a little bit today about the tension between event culture, which we have in our lives, and especially in church today, and event culture, and the kingdom culture of process. A few weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus turned water to wine at the wedding, right? And it was a process. There, there was a time when the, the water wasn't quite wine and the wine wasn't quite water. It, it, it was a process. Now, now, I know saying the word process, if you're from Philly, can be a trigger word for you. Right, because sometimes you're like, process, I've heard the, especially if you're a Sixers fan, because for nine years, you heard the word, trust the process. You have to trust the process. Nine years later, come on somebody, we haven't got out of the second round. Nine years later, there isn't even like, uh, you know, most of the players that we picked up in the process still around for the process. We have no championships. We've got no, you know, major playoff wins. It seems like a mess, because of course, because we've not gotten the event that we have dreamed of yet. We lose sight of just how far we've come. Do you know why we started the process? Because we were horrible. We weren't even in the playoffs. But now it doesn't work. And in that process, so often, we lose joy. We lose hope that's found in the process. The truth is, and we have to get this today, this is such a trap for our modern world. It's such a trap for you and I because we intellectually agree with process, but we naturally connect to event. We intellectually agree with the thought process. Well, everything happens in process. Rome wasn't built in a day. Of course I know that. But we naturally connect to events. We want the event to do it. Uh, that, 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 it's so dangerous for us right now, especially as children of God, because it robs us. It, so often it keeps us from, uh, being a believer when God's trying to bring us into discipleship. Because believing is an event. I believe for something. When I get it, okay, I'll believe for something else. But discipleship is a process. And that's the, the danger. We naturally connect to event over process. It's actually part of our fallen nature. Genesis 3, 5, what's the temptation that the enemy gives Eve? If you just eat this fruit right here, right now, that's all you have to do, everything's going to change. If you just get the right sermon at the right time, everything's going to change. If I get the right spouse to marry me, everything's going to change. If I can just get this right promotion, everything in my life is going to change. The fall happened because of an event. The fallen nature is connected to an event type of mentality. And then add our generational culture on top of that of instant gratification and an event-based church life and church experience. Come on. I, I just, man, I just got to get, we had a few. If I could just get down to the revival, wherever the revival is. If I could just get, man, I, if I went to that conference, if I, man, I can't wait for the next worship 
night. Oh, we, I can't wait. The church, we need a ch- rocking church service. But we miss out on building a life of learning. A lifestyle of discipleship. A lifestyle of worship. Not an event of worship. A lifestyle. See, process is at the heartbeat of the kingdom of God. It's at the heartbeat of the kingdom. It's actually, the Bible is all about process. Discipleship is all about process. Isaiah 28 verse 10 says this. We must, look what it says, for precept must be upon precept. Must be. Line must be upon line. Little here, little. It's not could be, should be. It's a good idea. No, no, no. This is how life is built in the kingdom of God. Precepts upon precept, line upon line. It's, we even see it from the beginning, from Genesis 1, before Genesis 3. Can we agree? Here, God made a sea, and then he put fish in it. He made land, and then he put animals on it. He made Adam, then he made Eve. The land was not diminished because it didn't have animals on it yet. But the, it, but the, but the animals would not have had a platform to thrive on if God did it in reverse. Process, process. You are not diminished because the promise in its fulfillment has not been manifest in your life yet. You may be at the ocean level and not yet the fish level, but it doesn't mean the fish of the promise of God are not coming. Process, process, process. The reality is, my friends, what we see in the Word of God so often is that there are things that God has to build into us before the greater glory follows. I know we all love 2 Corinthians 3.18. I love that verse, and I know many of you do love it. Man, come on, Pastor. God brings me from glory to glory, glory to glory, glory to glory. That is fantastic. Read the first part of that verse. The first part of that verse says, no, he is making me. I am being made into the image of Jesus. That word is is a constant, continual action verb. It means I'm not arriving at it anytime soon. I am being made into the image of God. I'm being transformed from glory, being made in the image of God, to glory, which is being made into the image of the Son of God. Mm. But there's things God has to do in me first. But the issue is when the process doesn't produce the desired event, or the event demands more of a process than we deem necessary, as a people, we tend to give into the trap of losing joy and losing hope and diminishing our commitment to live out the process of the journey. It's in all of us. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred. When we, when we, when we miss it, when, when we don't get kind of what we were hoping for, our heart goes sick. It's natural, but we are called to be supernatural. We don't have to be living under natural law. We have the power now to live under supernatural change. And I think, I hope we can be encouraged by this text. Because in this text, we're going to see how Jacob responds when the process of the event he was hoping for, and the event, uh, when when, when the process doesn't produce the event, sorry, he was hoping for, and the event demanded more process than he deemed necessary, Right? And hopefully we can find ourselves in the midst of this, encouraged to seek the process so that we can grow closer to the one the process is leading us to. 
The process that God has you on called discipleship is leading you towards someone. It's not leading you to something. You will get things along the way because of his goodness. Christianity is not about arriving into a what. Christianity is about introducing you to a who. That's the process. I don't know him well enough yet. I don't reflect him well enough yet. There's still too much Kyle and not enough Jesus. That's why there's process. Let's look at this verse together. Genesis 29 verse 18 says, Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, I will serve you, Laban, for seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it's better that I give her to you than I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because he was in such love. Like, it's just time just passed by so quickly until he didn't get what he wanted. Many of you probably know the rest of the story. The rest of the story is found in this. After seven years, he was excited to get his Rachel. Verse 23 says, in the middle of the night, Laban brought in Leah. Jake didn't know it till he woke up with Leah in bed with him the next day. And he was ticked, as anyone would be, right? Because it was not the event he thought was reasonable at the end of his process. This was not the deal I made with you. Mm. Anyone ever have those words with God? This, this is not the deal God I made with you. How often do we struggle with God? Because after all that we have done and all that we have given and all that we've given up for God, what we get does not seem like it was part of the deal we made with God. And like Jacob, in those moments, we have to decide how and if you and I are going to proceed in the process. The question is this. What do we do when we thought we were going to sleep with Rachel and we wake up with Leah? When we thought life was going to look like this, we thought it was going to be like this, act like this, come out like this, and it doesn't. What do you do? Because I'm wagering to say for many of us in this room and many of us online, that is a reality in many areas of our lives. I thought by 55, life was going to look like this. If I followed God and I was passionate and I did and I gave and I served and I forgave those people and I blessed those people, that relationship was going to look like this. I thought it was going to be a Rachel, but I woke up with Leah. Now what? I think to help us, we have to understand what's going on here in this text. Laban in this text can represent an event, an event, a moment that is meant to fulfill an expectation. See, see what's going on here is that Jacob waited for Laban to bring him what he thought he earned and deserved. He was waiting to receive from an event what he thought the process should have produced for him. And the truth is we do the same thing all the time. We come to church and we're like, yeah, church, church is going to give me an answer for all my problems. It's going to help me get through the week, and it doesn't. We get married, we're like, yep, 
This is going to be the answer for my loneliness. Going to help me with all my desires. And it don't. We go to a counselor. I know the counselor, they're going to fix all my issues or at least all my spouse's issues. Come on, somebody. And they don't. They can give you the tools, but it's a process. See, in our life, salvation is an event. It happens when we believe in Jesus Christ. We confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. We believe that what he did on the cross was everything needed. The Bible says on that day you are saved. Doesn't matter. You're saved. Done with it. Sanctification is a process. But our natural connection isn't to process. Sanctification, being made more into his image. Isn't that what we just talked about in 2 Corinthians 3? It's the constant being created more and more where the Holy Spirit convicts and we repent, right? And the the Holy Spirit reveals and we surrender and and God's will is, is shown and we actually say yes to it. It's all of this being made into his image. Being made holy is a process. Here's the truth. We cannot look for Laban to deliver what only the process can produce. You can't look for a sermon, a conference, a worship set, a husband, a wife, a promotion, uh, winning the lottery. You can't look for a Laban, an event to give you what only process can produce. Because if we think that way and we look that way, when we're given our Leah, when we are given our Leah, when we are given our Leah, how many of us have ever been given a Leah? Not what you were expecting it to look like. Uh Uh-huh. When the the mask came off, you're like, woo! This ain't ain't right. Something right here. It's not the one I ordered. When we are given our Leah, we are tempted to give up. Because here's the challenge, I think, for so many of us in our modern Christian world today. And this gets back to so much of making sure that we can be discipled so we know what the Word of God really says and how we can really apply it to our life and not just kind of pick and choose like we've been talking about, cherry-picking kind of the, the Word of God. The challenge for us is that we can have real expectations that are biblical while at the same time having unbiblical expectations about that desire. We can have real expectations that are biblical and at the same time have unbiblical expectations about that idea. Let me just put it this way. Here's an easy one, an easy one. I won't even get like step on people's toes. It's an easy one. Healing. Healing. Healing is biblical. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is a healer. That's actually how he introduces himself in one of his ways. He is Jehovah Rapha. I'm a God that heals. He is and he does. That's biblical. What's unbiblical is when we tell God the how, when, and where that's supposed to manifest. Mm-hmm. And we go, oh God, you didn't do it the way that I thought you should do it. So either, come on, when, when, when God doesn't do it on this side of the veil, on this side of the veil, God is either a liar or there's something wrong with my faith. That is unbiblical. Here's biblical expectation on God healing. God is fully, fully omniscient. He knows everything. God is fully sovereign. There's nothing more powerful than him. God is fully good. That's it. 
I, that's who I follow. I don't follow him for something. I follow him because of someone. That's, the, that's biblical. That's when I go, all right, God, I'm going to believe. Come on. I'm going to believe for healing on this side of the veil. But if it doesn't happen on this side of the veil, the cross assures me that I'm stepping into a place where I will be transformed, where there's no sickness and no cancer. I know, but then they have to be in heaven. Yes! You mean without pain? You mean the place that we're going to be with forever? The place without sin? Oh, that's a horrible place to have to be healed in. That's the best! An event, my friends, can be a conduit for our praise, but never an indicator of God's praiseworthiness. An event can be a conduit. It should be. Someone gets healed, we're like, God's awesome! Man, there's a breakthrough. God, praise you. Man, we get up in the morning, we had breath. Even if it's stinky, God, thank you. Awesome. It can be an event. It can be a conduit. It can never be an indicator. God is always worthy of our praise, even if healing doesn't happen on this side of the veil. Psalm 145 says this, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness cannot be fathomed. If I have to fathom his greatness in order to praise him, I'll never praise him. And this verse is a lie. The trap here is there's always going to be Labans in the midst of our journey with God that will work to disrupt and distract our souls. There's Labans we're going to have encounters with that are going to make us seem, say, say to God, it seems so unfair, it's so undeserved, it's so unjust. And it's going to tempt us to give up the work because the blessing doesn't look like the expectation. Come on, how many of us know that Laban would have been happy for Jacob to leave with Leah, but without Rachel? The enemy will always be happy letting us walk away with less than what the whole process can produce in our lives. Do you know the interesting thing about the name Laban? The name Laban means white. But, but it's not the same white as like we say in our culture where it's like things are white or black, like good or bad. Matter of fact, it means the complete opposite of that. White in the Hebrew culture denotes being the substance that is least able to absorb light. It is least affected by the light. It's shiny, but without substance. And that's the trap in our Christian world today. We tend to look for things that require the least amount of energy, the least amount of light. We ask ourselves questions like, how dark can my darkness be and still get blessed? How close can I be to the line? Come on, somebody. And God still be okay with me. We look for things that are shiny and then wonder why we're not changed by it. Because there's no substance to it. Because they're Laban's. Do you know what Laban gave Jacob? He gave her Leah. Do you know what Leah means? Leah in the Bible means weary. Now, I am not besmirching anyone in here whose name is Leah. Come on, somebody. That's a good name. We had, we had, a, we had a pastor one day, a good friend of ours actually, he came in to church and he was preaching about who would ever name their kid Jacob? And Daniel and I were like, we did. <laughs> Guess we stink as parents. But Leah means weary. Do you realize when we get, come on, somebody, when we get connected to Laban's, the result is that we get weary 
We get weary and we get weary and we get weary because it's not producing. It's not producing. It's not producing. It's not producing. We're not getting what we worked for, what we think we deserve, what seems just, what seems fair. We're looking for the right deal. It hasn't come our way. We get weary. We get weary. We get weary. We want to quit. We want to walk out on Rachel and Leah. We're leaving it all behind. And I get it. I get it. Man, there's times I've been doing and giving and walking with that person, forgiving that person and talking to that person and blessing that person and overlooking wrongs of that person and loving that person, and they still don't turn into Rachel. I get it. Matter of fact, they're still backstabbing you. They're still hurting you. They're still crushing your hopes and your dreams. But we still are looking for that event to produce what only the Lord of the process can. The trap is we cannot look for an event to produce, for someone to produce, for something to produce, what only the Lord of the process can produce in them and in us. We don't forgive them because it's the way to get them to treat us better. We forgive them because he forgave us. We don't love somebody so that they learn to love us back. Jesus said even pagans do that. We love people because he first loved us. There's no deal to be made. And it's hard. And I get weary doing it. And I get hurt still doing it. My heart breaks time and time again in the midst of it. But when I get my Leah, I have to decide whether or not I'm going to proceed with the process or not. Because the process is not about getting them to change. The process is about getting me to change to be more like him. That's why, my friends, as disciples, as disciples, as disciples, that's why we've been trying to get us all to identify as a disciple. I'm not just a Christian. I'm not just a believer in Jesus. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Why? Because disciples will continue to sow into our weariness and through our weariness. That's what Galatians 6, 9 says. Don't grow weary. Do you think Jesus, God put that in there by accident? He said, no, I know you're going to get weary. Don't get weary. Don't get weary in doing good because in due time, not in Kyle's time, not in Danielle's time, not in Ron's time, in my time, it will produce a harvest because I'm not a liar. Come on, don't set aside sowing when we're married to Leah because it will produce a harvest. We cannot stop sowing when we're married to our Leah's and we haven't got the breakthrough of the Rachel yet because it will produce a harvest. Here's the truth. There are things that Leah had to produce before Rachel came along. See, in our limited mind, we think that's a raw deal. What happened to him? He got ripped off. But thank God, we are not God and God is sovereign. Because if Jacob would have gotten Rachel first, come on somebody, there would have been no Judah for praise. There would have been no lion of the tribe of Judah because there wouldn't have been a 
Judah. There wouldn't have been a Levitical priesthood that served people, that helped people come to Jesus, helped them come to God, because there would have been no Levi. There would have been no root of Jesse for the Messiah to come. There would have been no Davidic kingdom for David to rule and Israel to rise. There would have been no men of Zebulon to overthrow the forces of the enemy when they rose up against Deborah. Yup, there would have been a Joseph, but without anyone to rescue from the famine and no one to release from bondage. And without a Reuben to position him for what God had for him in Egypt. See, there are things, my friends, God has to do in us first. Through our Leah's. When we quit on our Leah's, there's no Reuben to send us to Egypt. No prison for Pharaoh to find us in. No position to be able to rescue others from famine. No shelter to protect our family. No platform for God to show off his miraculous power. All because we were ticked off because we got our, we got our Leah and that God wasn't part of the deal. I served you to get Rachel and you gave me Leah. The reality is I think many times in our weariness we give up on the process because the event, the event didn't deliver what we thought it would deliver. Come on, but the truth is no godly parent is going to give up on a child because the reveal party said you were going to have a little boy and you, when the moment came, you had a baby girl. No one's going, I can't believe it. I mean, the pig ball, the pig ball, the pig ball went off and I don't know what happened. The pig ball said it was going to be a baby. Well, I got a boy. This is ridiculous. This is not my child. Mm-mm, came out of your wife. It's not my child. It said pig ball. This is, this is a boy. No. Do you know what you're going to do? You're going to parent the gift. That's what walking out discipleship and process is. It is parenting the gift of our life that God has given us, even if you thought it was going to be a girl and it ended up a boy. Because this is exactly where the enemy sows his schemes and his doubt and his weeds in the unguarded uh, fields of our weariness. Do you know the kind of tired that you can't sleep off? And I've had that kind of tired. I'm just weary, God. Weary. Go take a nap. No, it ain't that kind of weariness. Jesus understands it. Matter of fact, he tells a parable, the parable of the wheat and the tares in Matthew 13. He says, the kingdom of, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed into his field, but while men slept, while they were weary, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat, and then he went his way. The enemy sows weeds into our good soil that God gave us of our heart, the good soil of faith, the good soil of good kingdom community, the good soil of godly friendships, the good soil of a godly marriage. The enemy sows seeds into the good soil, tempting us to foolishly either to pull out the weeds and the wheat together and lose the harvest, because that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, man, if you see the weeds and the weeds and the weeds, and you go out and pull them, you'll pull the weeds, you'll pull them both up, and you'll have nothing. Sometimes we get so frustrated, like, I don't even care. I don't know. I'll pull these weeds out. We pull out, and the flowers are coming out. The weed's still there. Got a dally in one hand, a knuckless in another hand. The weed is still there. 
destroy the whole harvest. Or out of our frustration and resignation and indignation, we just abandon the field altogether. Done with church. Done with that group. Done with God. Done forgiving people. I'm done loving those kind. I'm done. Hey, oh, am I just preaching to myself this morning? I'm just done. Forget that field. It's not what I came here for anyway, God. But we have to prepare ourselves for these moments because cumulative weariness and compounded grief have power in our lives as people. So we have to actually be prepared for these moments when the enemy is going to sow. Dee and I this week, we're, we, we were talking, we were laying in bed. We had a horrible night's sleep, horrible night's sleep. Neither one of us slept at all the night. It was horrible. We've been kind of wrestling with some uh, heavy decisions that, have been, that, that are on and, and around our life, a lot of them. And, and it just was one of those mornings. And I remember saying to her, babe, we're exhausted. We have to prepare ourselves for the enemy to send something towards us today. There's going to be that email. There's going to be that phone call. Some text from that person's going to rise up. We have to be prepared and plugged into the spirit because we are weary today. And this is exactly when the enemy sows weeds. Now this is what I know. The truth is, this is all part of the process. Jesus assures us that the weeds have no power over the wheat. They can only distract us from finishing the harvest. Has no, the weeds that come in have no power. It does not say the weeds, the seeds, that, the weeds that were sown had the power to destroy the wheat. The weed of the enemy has no power to destroy the seed of God. Right? But we are so worried. There's weeds, there's weeds, there's weeds, there's weeds, there's weeds. I get it. I'm frustrated sometimes as a gardener because it seems like the weeds are doing better than the flowers. Like I'm watering the flowers, I'm, I'm, I'm fertilizing the flowers, I'm loving them, I'm singing to the flowers. When, she's, she'll tell you, singing to the flowers when I'm gardening. And I come out there and the weed's seven feet tall. You're like, what the heck? I feel this way in my life. God, I've been sowing into church and loving on that person. And I've been giving everything I can to them, God, over years and years and years and years. I've fertilized the relationship. I've blessed the relationship. I've loved the relationship. Oh, my gosh, the weed is so big. Come on, we need to see this. If Jacob would have left Laban's house after Leah, after in his mind he woke up with weeds in his field, thinking he had worked long enough, she'll do. I guess this is the best that I can get. He would have had the blessings of Leah, but they would have lived in famine and died in bondage because there would have been no Joseph to set them free. Leah, my friends, can birth you a tribe, but Rachel will birth you one that can release you from the trial. Leah's kids left him in famine, but Rachel's child provided the feast and this happens in our christian life church provides the tribe but discipleship produces the community prayer and worship burst the children of hope but process of discipleship nurtures them into faith the reality is my friends when we leave with leah what the event left us with basing our intimacy with God on a moment or an event 
the children of that union will live in famine. If in our spiritual lives all we are looking for is to live from that event, then our spiritual famine will be our perpetual future. How do I know? Where were the children of Leah living in Genesis 42? They were living in a land of famine. It's why so often I think when we live this way, kind of just moment to moment with God, believing for something here and believing for something there, on again, off again, a little here, a little there, maybe, maybe in church, maybe not, maybe going to, maybe not, maybe luck, maybe not. It's why we have these multitude of memories of when our lives were on fire for Jesus. We wish worship was like it used to be. We remember when God was moving, when our marriage was like this or that. We wish church was like that conference we just went to. We experienced Leah, but never raised her kids in the process to reach Rachel. We're always looking to live for that next word, that next thing to make me feel better. But here's the truth. We're, we're getting ready to bring this home. But as a disciple, disciples raise what events birth in the process, in the environment of process. Disciples raise what events birth in the environment of process. Jacob raised Leah's kids while sowing in the field to reach Rachel. Jacob raised Leah's kids as a godly dad while he was still plowing in the, in the field, still working out the process to get Rachel. See, what salvation births, the process of discipleship raises. What a sermon births, the process of the Holy Spirit raises. What a worship moment conceives, a lifestyle of worship raises into adulthood. I heard Bishop Jake say a little bit ago, you can't plant a seed in the morning and actually eat bread from it at night. That's so good. I had to steal it. Isn't that what Jesus says? Mark 4, verse 28, there's a process to growth. The seed goes down and then it grows up. It needs to be watered. It needs to receive light. It needs to be cut down. It needs to be harvested. It needs to be ground by the millstone to get the outer husk, the hardened outer shell off. Then it has to be refined into flour to make into bread. But even when you make it into bread, you got to add the water, add a leavening agent called the Holy Spirit. It has to go through the fire in order for it to come. There is a process to your growth as a man or woman of God. You are saved when you say yes to Jesus. You are a disciple when you go through the process all the way to the fire. So the question we have to wrestle with is where are we really in this process? Where are we in continuing to work in the field until we reach Rachel? Because the reality is the child of Rachel, of continued process, will lead us where we cannot get to on our own. Genesis 46 verse 7 says, Joseph brought all the other kids of Leah out of famine and into feasting, into a land they couldn't get to on their own. Because staying in the process leads us 
to Rachel. It doesn't lead us to get what we want. It doesn't lead us to a better deal. It doesn't lead us to the showcase showdown, right, where the best deals are revealed. It leads us to Rachel. The process leads us to Rachel. And you may be saying, what's the big deal about Rachel? Because Rachel's name means the innocent lamb. The continued process of God leads us to the innocent lamb. Matter of fact, another rendering of the word Raquel, Rachel, E-L at the end is God. It's the lamb of God. Events can birth many things in us. The praise of Judah, the priesthood of Levi, the victories of of Zebulon, the leadership of Reuben. But the process will lead us to Rachel. The process will lead us to understanding and being intimate with the Lamb of God. The end result is not what I get. The end result is who I get to know. That's why we do the process. We don't do the process to get better children from Leah. We do the process to know the innocent lamb of God, the one who we don't know, the one we're being transformed into, the one who uh, his, his reflection shows us what we're not and who he is. The only one who can supernaturally bring us out of the famine. The only one who can bring us into a land we don't have natural citizenship to enter. To place us under the protection of an authority that no enemy can touch. I felt God just the other day when I was preparing this say to me, and I'm believing it for you as well, to keep sowing. Like he was encouraging me, I was telling him to he's encouraging, keep sowing and to connect. Just keep sowing. And I'm like, God, man, I've been doing this a long time. Like, have you ever had this conversation with God? I've been at this a long time. It ain't looking like I thought it would look. It ain't looking like it used to look. God, I've, I've had some Leahs. God, I've, I've had some Labans. God, we definitely had some Rubens. But we've had some Judas. We have some Levi's. God, man, sometimes it ain't looking like I wanted it to look. I know. I gave you Leah because there were things I had to work out in you before I could give you Rachel. Because if I gave you Rachel first, you would have ruined her. Rachel is supernatural breakthrough. Rachel is deliverance and power. Rachel is purity and love. Rachel is manifest transformation and change. Rachel isn't a good worship service. Rachel is the one worthy of worship. Rachel isn't a great sermon. Rachel is the one the sermon's about. He said to me, there's going to be an intimacy with Rachel that you've never known and is too good to quit. Too good to quit on. Okay. All right, God, I'm in. Seven more years of sewing? Okay. Hands bleeding and dirty and blistered? Okay. I can either look back and say, God, look at all the stuff I've already done to get here. Or I can say, man, today I'm one step closer to knowing that one. 
Today I'm one step closer to knowing Rachel. Come on, we have to learn that the labors of life may be part of our journey, but they're never the end game of our pursuit. The end game of our pursuit is the Lamb of God, knowing Him and the fullness thereof. It doesn't come off of an event. It's the end of a process of a life of following Him in holy restraint in discipleship. Yes, God, I will follow you. There were two moments. There are two sets of seven years, right? The first seven to Leah, the second seven to Rachel. Seven is the number of completion. Two is the number of agreement. When there is complete agreement, you'll get to Rachel. Complete agreement on what God says is yes. Who God says he is. What God's word says about our life. What God's calling me to. How I'm supposed to live a life of worship to him. Because what I know is this, the first seven years, the first seven of agreement, the first was walking in agreement to get the deal. The second is an agreement to walk in his will. I'm just going to walk in his will and trust God. I'm just going to walk in his will and trust God. I'm just going to walk in his will and trust God. The first part of my Christian life was me doing what I did for God to get the deal from God I thought I was making with God. The peace comes when I surrender into complete agreement with His will and recognize the process is not to get the deal. The process is to live out His will. That's it. That's why Jesus says in Revelation 3, verse 10 and verse 11 to the church at Philadelphia, which I thought was uh, quite apropos for us. Because you have obeyed my command with patient endurance. That's what that Greek word means. Patient endurance. I will protect you. It goes on in verse 11 and says, I'm coming soon. Hold fast so that no one takes your crown. So that no one takes your crown. He's not talking about the crown of salvation. No one can take that. He's talking about the crown of life of which we actually get to lay down at his feet and say, God, everything I was about is about you. Everything I've done on earth, everything I've done on earth, that's the crown you get. At the Bema seat, When you and I stand before our God, we don't stand before the white throne judgment of God. That was settled at the cross. We're done. Judgment has already been passed. You've gone from death to life in Jesus Christ. But you and I will stand in front of a judgment seat. It's called the Bema seat of Jesus Christ. And there we will receive the rewards, the crowns of life for what we have done to actually honor his name, to bless him. To live a life worthy of him. And he is saying in this text, he's saying, don't let anybody come in. Don't let uh, weariness, don't let compounded grief, don't let labans, don't let the weeds the enemy has stolen, uh, sown into you, don't let them steal from you the crown that I will give you. Because the crown that I will give you is the thing that I get to give back to him. 
Don't let anybody take it. You persevere. You work through the process. It's not about how they respond. It's about how we respond to the Leahs in our life. It will not come from event process. If you are not in forwards or shoulder to shoulder, our men's or women's discipleship groups, please, please, at the end of service, please, go to those, those QR codes, sign up. Just, just sign up. And you may say, I'm not ready for that yet. I, I get it. I understand. The first step is just saying, all right, I'll sign up. You will never get, an event can never deliver what only process can produce. If you don't get this, you will live day by day, Sunday by Sunday, grasping pieces of bread off the table of God, still living in spiritual famine and wondering why you're so hungry and starving spiritually during the week. Because there's process to get to Rachel. Let's pray. My King, my Lord, my God, my Savior, my Jesus. There's no one like you, Master. My friends, today you may be in so many various places. You may have identified yourself in so many different ways in this sermon. Maybe You've been close to God, but over the last little while, you've taken a step back. Maybe if you're honest, you've been like the prodigal son, kind of disenchanted with God and things of life and with the Father. You've been doing your own thing, but this morning you found yourself in the pigsty, a place you don't want to be. Or maybe you've never known that actually God loves you enough to be with you through the whole process of your life. To pay the price for you. And all you need to do is accept him as Lord and Savior. And the event of salvation will happen today. And open your life up for a process of intimacy with God. I'm going to pray. And if you're here and you find yourself in any one of those situations. And you're saying that's not what I want. What I want is to. To be close with Jesus. What, what I want is for there to be a fire in my soul, a purpose to my life. What I want is, is not to quit because I've been upset that I've had Leah's in my life or upset because Laban manipulated me or I've been hurt or, or, or I didn't get the deal. I got a raw deal. Today is a day just to come back and trust God. Trust God that the goodness of God is leading you to a deeper relationship with Rachel than you've ever known before. Jesus. And it simply comes by surrendering our lives today. So we're all going to pray. But if you're here today and you can just kind of say, I, I, what I want is a real relationship with Jesus. What I want is a real relationship with Jesus that starts with my surrender. Then you pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart. You let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit can do in this room. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, here I am today. I have come to give you my whole life. I'm holding nothing back. I realize I've walked away on my own accord. But today, I choose 
to run back to you. I'm asking you, Jesus, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of everything I've done wrong. Fill me with your spirit because I need it today. Thank you for making me your child. I am choosing today not simply to be a believer in you, but a disciple of yours. I'm going to walk this thing with you now and forever. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen and amen. Come on, can we give God just a little bit of glory? Hallelujah, Lord God, for forgiveness, for life, for change, for hope. There's hope in Jesus. Well, my friends, I'm so glad. Look, if you made that decision, we are so happy for you. We're so glad. Look, Pastor Rick and pa uh, Pastor Kathy are going to be right back here at this, uh, at this table right after service. They have a free gift they love to give you. Get a chance for you just to say, uh, a chance just to say hi. Give you a book that's going to help you grow in this thing. So just stop by. Get a chance to let them know the decision they made. They want to pray with you. Because the decision you made today, the enemy is going to try to steal tonight. You planted in good soil, he's going to try to plant weeds where God planted wheat. But we're going to agree with you that what God has done cannot be changed by what the devil lies about. Well, Pastor Ron's going to come and just uh, close out service today. He's going to encourage us in our giving today. He's going to have a stand and pray over us because there's power in the name of Jesus. When we talk about living a life of worship, part of worship is how we give our lives, our time, our treasure, our tithe, our testimony, our talents to who God is and let him be honored with everything we've got. So will you uh, welcome Pastor Ron. Give, give Pastor Ron a hand as he's coming. Love this guy. He's fantastic. Love him. Let's thank Pastor Kyle for an amazing word this morning. I learned so much about the process in a great way this morning and and we're just so thankful to have Pastor Kyle, Pastor Danielle speak into our lives, lead us in discipleship and learning and growing in him. And you know, part of that process of discipleship is the opportunity for us that we have to give, to give into the kingdom, to give into the community, to give into the lives of others with all the things that Pastor Kyle had mentioned. And up on your screen here, we're gonna have the QR code. Um, you may give by pointing your camera to that and it'll put, give you a screen where you can give today. You can also give in the kiosks uh, with the envelopes that are on the, uh, on the chairs around you here. Um, you can give on your way out the door this morning. But I wanted to encourage everybody in our giving today. You know, there's a, a dear friend of the house that uh, passed away um, this last week. His name's Richard. And Richard um, was often here, um, and he lived a life of generosity. So much so that, um, you know, there's many things that he did behind the scenes to really bless people's lives. And it, it helped to exemplify to me all that God wants to do in our lives as we choose to give. You know, one of the things that he did was he took in a young lady who had gone through a lot of health challenges to the point where he was like a dad 
to her. And people would ask, like, is that your dad? And he would take her to all of her uh, oncology appointments and really even pay because she didn't have the need. She didn't have the ability to pay for that kind of treatment. And it gave her extra years in her life. And he just did this in many different ways, touching people's lives, you know. And King David so encouraged me in what his mindset was. And that is the fact that God is our source. And Richard understood this, that God is our source. And King David, before he passed away, he gave and collected all of these things to build the temple. And he prayed this. He said, both riches and honor come from you, God. And you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. And in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Isn't that a good word? Now, therefore, our God, we thank you. We praise you and your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you and of your own we have given you. So, Lord, let us... Church, let us recognize today that all things come from God, that we're just stewards of what he's giving us today. Let's all stand today. We're going to close out the service. We're going to thank God for the great word that we received today. And let's take some action steps this week to go forth from here and learn about how we can develop that process in our lives, our process of discipleship, our process of giving. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, we love you, Lord. We truly understand and thank you for even the breath in our lungs comes from you. Even the beating of our heart, you make happen in our lives. Lord, we thank you for all the good things that you've given to us. And we thank you for this church. We thank you for the people that we're a part of, Lord, that we get to give into the lives of others all around us lord we thank you that this is part of the city on the hill that you've placed in this community that we can share your light that we could share your love toward others lord we pray that you bless this gift that we give today that it would may, may be used for your glory to spread your love to be your hands and feet and to help everyone realize that jesus christ is Lord of all. We praise you. We thank you. We go forth from here and we pray for one another. We lift you up throughout this week in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, church, have a great week. We love you. Celebrate you. As Pastor Kyle mentioned, sign up for Shoulder to Shoulder and Forged, and we'll see you here next week. Amen? Amen.